couple years down the road, the world <clears throat> has slipped a little further towards the point of no return. Um, the government doesn't do much, by the way, of the uh, environment, you know. Regulations <clears throat> get rolled back across the board. It's not good. Climate scientists everywhere are pounding the big red button, saying, like, this is it. This is our moment. <clears throat> if we take no action now, we're signing the death certificate on our species. So, like, people are pretty alarmed, you know. People are taken to the streets. There, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of online stuff happening. People are posting a lot. Um, people are creating art. You know, people are mobilizing. People are taking the law <clears throat> into their own hands a bit. Uh, CEO from a from like a major oil company uh, gets the shit kicked out of him. He was going into a Starbucks and like people have told this guy for a while, like, uh, Hey, you need to like lay low. You know, you need to like have like security with you. You should probably not just go out into the world by yourself. And he didn't listen to him. He's like a maverick, you know, walks into Starbucks, <clears throat> puts one foot up on the curb and he says, Today is a good day for a latte. And then uh, some guy taps him on the shoulder. He turns around and he goes, hey, are you uh, are you George Wilberg? And he's like, that's me. He smiles at him, you know, veneers coming out of his ears. A big, wide, bright smile. He says, yeah, I'm George Wilberg. And he goes, the, the guy, he goes, oh, he goes, uh, I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done. And then uh, he goes to like shake his hand. He sticks his hand out. George Wilberg sticks his hand out. And this guy just fucking uppercuts George Wilberg, right? Right in the jaw. Those veneers fucking snap. They fly through the air, land in a guy's cup of coffee. He's looking the other way at like a, a flock of geese coming in. He's taking a photo. Those veneers land that cup of coffee. He looks at those geese, he takes a sip, and he goes, ah, what a way to start my day. So, like, people are in a weird place, you know. <clears throat> There's, like, a big rally <clears throat> happening downtown L.A. where, like, everybody you know, everybody you know who lives in L.A. is going to this thing. Like, the city is shutting down. Everything is turning off because people are like, we've had enough. Like, we have to do something. So you uh, <clears throat> you go downtown, right? You see, like, uh, like, the, like, Lyft and Uber or even, like, hey, if you're going to this thing, no charge. We're going to cover you. Like, even corporations are like, this is it. This is our moment that we we've reached that point where nothing is viable. <clears throat> so everybody goes downtown, right? A lot of signs, uh, a lot of people just like chanting, you know, typical, but on just a scale never before seen. 
you're down there. You wind up like meeting up with like uh, some people you know. You're walking around. There's there's people there that are registering people to, to vote. You know, they're just crying because they know that the, they'll never see the election. You know, the world's in such a bad place. So you wind up like <clears throat> in that moment, really sort of stealing yourself and like uh, and saying, I have a, I have a cause to fight for, you know. So you decide that you're going to like start seeking out like benefit shows like who who can we do something and for that that's going to help make things better. You get invited to this <clears throat> huge like big time environmentalist gala. You're going to you're going to you're going to put on you're going to tell some jokes, right? Um it's uh, it's at this this venue downtown, just kind of like a nondescript building downtown. You've never been in there. You've seen it hundreds of times. You never even you have no idea what it is. You never even gave a second thought to it. You go under the into the basement of this this uh this building. Walk up a stairwell. You're in like the guts of this building. There's a guy there in a suit and tie. He introduced himself. He says, "Hey, my name is uh." Daniel Debonair, and he introduced himself. He goes, uh, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you where the green room is." He goes, "We've got a bunch of snacks there. You know, anything you want, we've got it. There's a menu in there. We have a full kitchen upstairs. If there's something you see, let me know." He goes, "We're here to take care of you. We're taking care of all you guys. It's gonna be a great night." So you walk upstairs to the green room. <clears throat> it's beautiful. It's just like a huge ornate room, plush, everything. You know, it's just it's just like a it's like the easily like the nicest green room you've ever been in. There's a big fridge with like a, just snacks on the inside. They've got filtered water on tap. They've got somebody there behind a little little cocktail bar, you know. So it's a young guy. He says, hey, Greg, right? What do you say to him? No, wrong guy. <laughs> He's like, he kind of like looks, he pulls a piece of paper out and he, he goes, oh, um, yeah, they, they told me your name was Greg. He's like, you're here for the show, right? And, and this is just guy working there. This is a guy working there. Yeah, he's got on like a maroon vest. It's like a young guy. Couldn't be any older than like twenty two. Absolutely gorgeous. Like clearly moved here from a place to do something bigger than what he's doing. Oh, a lot of detail about this guy. You know, um, you know, if he's got a picture of me, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm put on there. I'm just gonna be like, yeah, hey. He he kind of he kind of like. He goes, he's like easily relieved. He goes, oh, all you comedians. He goes, you want something to drink? Um, no, I'm good for now. Thanks. Which way? The green room. Well, you're in the green room. Oh, I did. Yeah, it's just he, the bar in the green. Yeah. There's like a little bar inside the green room there just for you guys. Oh, I thought it was just walking into the theater. No, no, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, you know, peace out, dude. He's like, okay. He goes, uh, you know, help yourself, whatever you want. Uh, you know, just take whatever. He goes, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have dinner coming, you know. By the time the show's over, we'll have like a little spread for you guys back here. 
Sounds great. Thanks, man. So he, he says, uh, break a leg. And he kind of laughs at you, you know? So you like, uh, you take like a step out into the hallway from the green room. You can see like the, the, the curtain, you know, you can see just like the, the crack, like the light just breaking in from there, sort of illuminating the backstage area. And you look, you can just kind of peek through it. And it's like an action. It's like a theater on the inside, like a thousand people. And this place is packed. And every person in there, <clears throat> they look to be well-to-do. They're all wearing, like, uh, you know, formal wear. Like, um, men are in tuxedos. Women, extravagant dresses. Pantsuits. A lot of brooches. A lot of brooches. A lot of dangling jewels. So you look out, and you're like, man, you, you agreed to do the show. You didn't really know, like, who it was for. So you uh, you meet the MC, right? It's uh, Sinbad. Sinbad's gonna host the show. He's gonna do ten minutes up top. He's gonna talk a little about about the Earth. Uh, you're gonna come after him. You're gonna do twenty minutes, and then uh, the headliner is gonna close out the show. So you're kind of hanging out there. You get a little like <clears throat> anxious, you know? Just kind of there feels like there's like a buzz. Like it, this suddenly feels a little bit bigger than something just like a run of a mill benefit show you were doing. You're hanging out there. You feel a hand on your shoulder. You turn around. It's fucking Sinbad. He says, Greg, right? Yeah, man. He goes, Sinbad. Yeah, I know you are Sinbad. Yeah. He kind of laughs. He slaps a big fucking paw on your back, you know, right in the middle of your back. You burp a little bit. He kind of laughs at that too. He goes, "Already making me laugh." I'm a professional. He goes, "Well, you better be." And then you hear, "Ladies and gentlemen, Sinbad," and he he kind of points at you and he walks out, waves, starts the show. Sinbad <clears throat> murders. He's got ten minutes. He does twelve. Right? He just fucking kills it. People are loving it. He says a couple like heartfelt things about uh, just like the environment, the earth, life, what we're all doing here. A very like <clears throat> sentimental three minutes about how proud he is to be a person in this time being having to brace against this challenge. And then he like tells a joke at the end of it, just fucking crushes, right? And he goes, all right, you guys, we're going to a great night. We're going to raise a lot of money before this is all done. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome your next comic, Greg Barris. People applaud, right? You come out, <clears throat> twenty. you do 20 minutes, right? 20 minutes, uh, same thing, just like an incredible show. Where, you know, sometimes like those event, those like benefit shows, generally, they're not very fun all the time, you know, uh, and especially like the, the crowd, like you didn't know where they were going to be at. And, you know, sometimes you can get a feel for a crowd and it's not for you, you know, and you kind of felt like, well, this might, might have to just kind of soldier through this one. And then after having to follow Sinbad, you know, ripping for 10 minutes and change, 
But you go out there and have one of the best sets of your entire life. 20 minutes of Greg Barris into the veins. People are loving it. They're having a great time. Having a wonderful time. You look out in the crowd and you see that instead of like servers, they have people like walking around with like iPads and people are taking it and like swiping credit cards. And like, it's clearly like some sort of a fundraiser. Uh, you, uh, you do your time, say good night, standing ovation, 20 minutes set, right? You go back to the green room. There's nobody in there. It's just you. And they've got like a spread of food out. Crudite, you know, they got a fruit plates, all kinds of stuff. You're feeling a little hungry. You go walking around. They've got like, like a sandwich bar. If you want to make a sandwich, they've got like a, I don't you know you're you don't eat meat, but they've got plenty of it. You know, you're walking along, just sort of looking at the the food there. Would you get anything to eat? I think I think I wouldn't, you know. Yeah. You know, this could be poison, could be could be anything. Someone could have done something just, you know, classic prankster nefarious to the food. Yeah. Seems like we're a real hot hot bed for trouble. So you kind of look, <clears throat> you walk up and down the table, just kind of like admiring it, you know, you're just kind of like coming down off that post set high you know just walking along just expending energy you walk up and down this table you see all the snacks they got and you're getting ready to leave right you're getting ready to like walk out you're gonna go you're gonna go find your handler and uh kind of see you know they need you for anything else if not you're gonna get out of town you can get out of there your hand grabs the doorknob to lead you out into the hallway and then you hear, hey, Greg, from like in the room. What do you do? The room that I've been in? Yeah. And I did. I was there alone? Yeah. I just you, you opened hear, the door. Hey, hey, Greg. Wait a second, Greg. I would probably, uh, I'm going to open the door and then stand outside the door with the door open and then look around. So you like look and you you can like you can hear where the voice is coming from, right? You look on the table and you see it's just like there's just like food there, you know? By the the sandwich bar. You hear, "Greg over here, buddy." You go and look. I'm going to at that but I can see the whole room or I can't. I have I mean, to like walk over there. Yeah, like, you'd have to walk over there. I mean, you can, you can see where it's coming from. You just can't see like what, you know, is there anybody in the hallway? No, empty hallway. Is there some kind of object that could be either like a stick or a chair or something like that? Uh, like, like to fend yeah, yourself yeah. off with. Um, they have a uh, life-size cutout of Michael Buble. I take the cutout. Okay. I put it in front of me. You pick it up and it I just it, 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 it goes, call me irresponsible. <laughs> right? It just starts singing something, you know? It starts singing? Yeah. Because that's what it does. It's yeah. like an electric yeah. cutout. It's yeah, it's like yeah. a motion. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. 
So I put that in front of me like okay. a shield. Like a shield. And I slowly, I call out, uh, if, if anybody's out there, uh, come come over, you know, hey, hey Manny, bartender you hear, guy. You hear, uh, you hear, right over here, buddy. Come on. At the, at the sandwich. Towards the sandwich station. And then I slowly creep over there. So you get over to the sandwich I go, station. Hello. And you look down. <laughs> And on that sandwich station, you see a full fucking spread. Ham, turkey, salami, bacon. Then you got the cheeses, you know, Swiss, cheddar, pepper jack. You have the the vegetables. You've got spinach. You've got uh, like green leaf lettuce, red leaf lettuce, iceberg if you're a heathen, tomatoes, the thickest juiciest slices of heirloom tomatoes you've ever fucking seen you look at it and you immediately feel like you're in a john cougar melon camp video right like your mom's out in the garden just plucking this perfect heirloom tomato off the vine you see there's a stack of uh like onion you know like sliced onion the next little container is just a vat of like pickle chips and your eyes just stop and you look down and you look at one of the pickle chips and you know how like one of the, like the slices of you know dill pickle uh like the seeds that are in it those seeds look like it's like eyes and then the seeds underneath it like form like a, a mouth out of seeds and it goes down here buddy and so you kind of get closer and you like, you're like, what the fuck? And you readjust. And when you readjust, uh, the, the eyes are like big googly eyes. And the mouth is now a giant cartoon mouth. It extends outside of the frame of the pickle chip. And up on top of his head is the thickest, blackest, jet black pompadour you've ever seen. The idea of getting a comb through it, you think about it for a second, your nose bleeds like it's just it it's impossible and he goes hey greg um my name's bill the dill and i'm here to get you out of your pickle <laughs> he goes uh, uh listen uh he tells you that he's part of the pickle clan the pickle clan is an intelligence network anywhere there's a pickle chip spear hole anywhere there's a pickle anywhere that pickle can see what's going on, observe what's happening around it, and then relay that information to pickles all across all across the globe. So Bill the Dill is there to tell you that he knows that Earth is on the verge of collapse, that society is on the verge of collapse because we're destroying our planet. He says, uh, look, I can help you out of your little pickle here. Uh, you just need to do one thing for me. And I'm not, you know, like freaking out that the pickle chips are talking to me. I don't know. Are you? I mean, yeah. That's why I have this shield. So you, I mean, you're hiding behind Michael, Michael Buble. He's been singing this whole time. This whole time. This whole yeah. Time. Yeah. Uh, even he seems alarmed. Alarmed. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, what do you do? I mean, I guess I. I guess maybe I would, you know, ask. At this point, I've been listening to the pickle chips talk for a while, mm -hmm. you know, going through a lot of emotions about the pickle chips talking. Yeah. Guess 
You know, I would just say what? He goes, I need you to kill a man. That's when now we're getting to, you know, now it's getting too much for me to handle. And I'm like, I'd probably be like, you know what? I don't want to kill anybody. He says, uh, he goes, he goes, look, Greg, he goes, if you just take care of this, everything will be a okay. You can save the world. <laughs> How do I save the world? He goes, it's called the domino effect, buddy. And, okay, you know what? I think at this point, I'm not going to kill anybody. Mm-hmm. You're talking pickle chips. I'm going to get out of here. Here, here. And I slowly back out the door. So you slowly back out the door. Uh, you're holding on to Michael Buble, who's just singing the same 12-second loop from Call Me Irresponsible, an album that came out in 2007 or, or two, yeah, like 2008. It's an old cardboard cutout. But uh, you walk out. You take one last look inside the door. You see that uh, Bill the Dill is looking up at you, and you see that cartoon smile is just a cartoon frown. He's got an old leather jacket. He waves his hand at you. What's his hand? It's not. I mean, it's just the sleeve. He doesn't have. He's a pickle. He doesn't have arms. Okay. So he goes as you're like as the doors close, and he goes one more chance. I probably, you know, I just close the door and then I'm going to run to, uh, I don't know how I got there. Did I take a cab there? Yeah, they, they had, they, they brought you a car. Yeah, I'm running to that car now. So you, uh, you like run through, uh, the belly of this building, right? You, um, you run through the, the guy who introduced himself earlier, who was like, Hey, I'm here to help you. You just run past him. You exit out into the, like underground, like the the parking structure underneath. The guy who's your limo driver, uh, he's just like standing out there listening to a baseball game on his phone. He's uh, kind of leaned over the hood and smoking a cigarette. He wasn't expecting you. It's a little early. He sees you and he goes, oh, hey, sorry, boss. Uh, I was just listening to the game. He goes, you ready to go? Yeah, let's get the hell out of here. He goes, all right by me. He walks around. He takes a drag off a cigarette. He sees you. He offers it to you. He goes, "You want this? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw it. Throw it out." No, I'm all good. Thanks. He takes one more long drag. Throws it away. You get in. He goes straight home. Yeah, let's go straight home. So he drives you straight back to your house, right? You ever see a uh, talking bowl of pickle chips? He goes, oh, man. He goes, look, I grew up in the 60s. We saw a lot of things, you know? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. He goes, no, I've never seen a talking pickle chip. All right, yeah, let's get home fast. He kind of looks at you. He goes, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I just saw, you know, I just thought I saw some pickle chips talking to me, trying to get me to do. Anyway, I got out of there. Everything's cool. It's just, you know. Let's get home real quick. He was okay. You want to listen to any tunes? Yeah, whatever you're listening to is fine with me. He goes, all right. He puts on the puts on the ball game. It's uh Yankees are playing the Toronto Blue Jays. They call it the series that decided the East. 
he's listening to the game. He's driving. Uh, expert driver, you know. You're back home. Not even 10 minutes. He pulls up, stops, and he goes, all right, well, uh, here we are. He goes, have a good have a good night. He goes, uh, stay away from pickles. He kind of laughs at you. You got it, man. Thanks. Uh, great driving there, bud. He goes, anytime. He winks at you, and then he drives away. So you uh, you go inside, right? You go up to your room. You go, wow, what a fucking weird night. You know, you go to you go to bed. You dream of a howling void. You wake up, and like you're in some of these like online groups about organizing. You know, and uh, they're all kind of like mourning the passing of somebody who was influential in the group, right? Somebody who was like one of the lead organizers in L.A. was killed last night. They think it was an, an act of uh, it was a politically motivated murder. They're going to do a candlelight vigil outside of her home. You decide to go. It's just down the street. So you go and like it's it's a very emotional scene, right? Her uh, her family's out front, kind of talking about. Uh, what a wonderful woman she was and how she really believed in in a cause and it was the thing that defined her life and she doesn't want her daughter to have died in vain. Okay. So you go home, right? You spend that whole day just kind of thinking about things, you know, just sort of living your life as you were. You go to bed. You wake up the next morning, those same groups, another person has been killed. Another person near the the top of a of the, the, the there's like a group of organizers who have really done great work all across, you know, L.A. County, being picked off one at a time. This goes on for five days in a row. Five dead people. Five dead people, one a day. On the sixth day, you wake up. There's no news of any deaths. You, um, you're doing a show, right? You go downtown, do just like a showcase set, like a 10 minute set. It's a monthly show. Your head's not really in it because you're frankly kind of flustered. You know, things have been a little weird lately. You, uh, you spend like the next six weeks sort of slowly descending a little bit further, a little bit further into madness. You, uh, you start to see pickles everywhere and you feel like they're talking to you the whole time. Um, eventually, the, uh, the government just decides that they're going to start like outlawing speech, like, like free speech, like, because the, the, the protest gets so big and intense because they, they're frankly just not doing anything uh, and they're, 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 they're fucking everything up. Everything gets so big and so intense that people just finally revolt. Uh, martial law is declared, and you are just wandering around the streets of L.A. thinking you're seeing pickles every single place. You wind up wandering just sort of in a haze to that same building where you went in and did that show. You go into the basement. The door's unlocked. You walk inside, wander through the guts of the building, and you find yourself there on that stage, that empty, empty stage, just sort of looking and cackling spotlight comes on and you're frozen in silence 
you see a silhouette move in front of the spotlight and you hear a voice and the voice says Greg Barris you should have killed me when you had the chance he laughs like a, like a fucking maniacal laugh you know and then he uh, he pulls a rope next to him, and a piano falls on your head. <laughs> a piano falls on your head, so and hits you so hard that it drives you through the stage, and you go into the uh, the boiler room, which is directly below you. Uh, you fuck up the furnace; uh, that whole building explodes. Riots start in L.A. The city dev- just devolves into complete chaos. And uh, about sixteen months later, all life on Earth is just totally fucked. We fucked it all up. You had a chance to fix it, and you fucking didn't, because you were too afraid of a of a dill pickle, and you fucking died for it. Well, that sounds like me. <laughs> that sounds like me for you, sure. You you blew it. Well, fuck. <laughs> I thought I didn't kill all those good guys. <laughs> nope.